Hello everyone, welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum, where you will hear about car news, car culture, and car talks. Here's your host, Cody Wagner. Hello everyone, I am Cody Wagner and I am back for another podcast and we're going to get straight into it. Ram Promaster City to get production hype. Ram announced that its Promaster City has been unexpectedly popular, resulting in increased deliveries of the imported small van, based on larger versions of the Fiat Doblo. American ProMaster cities are retuned and have ga- and have American gasoline engines and transmission. How about giving the new 911 some 356B flavor? Essentially what it means is giving it some retro styling cues. And I've actually seen all the images. The new 911s with retro styling cues look great. Stop sale recall on 2016-2017 Subaru Legacy and Outback. Sorry, steering failure. Liberty Walk still... Renault brags its Megan GT makes rivals obsolete. I doubt that. BMW to launch next i-electric flagship in 2021. Second-gen Audi A1 still two years away. Ouch. Is it ludicrous? Eh, eh, okay, no. To think a Model X P90D can beat a McLaren. And I am back. Now, quick update. I just got... Sorry, three things. I got Forza Horizon, which I'll be playing later. And I got two small Lego cars to add to my collection of probably, what is it, 20 Lego video, 20 Lego cars I already have. And you know what? I think I have a plan for both those vehicles. Not fully sure on what I'm going to do yet, but I have an idea. Anyway, Chevy reshapes 2018 Equinox to take on RAV4, CRV, and Escape. Ford Escape. Is the Knight XV the ultimate armored luxury cruiser? Maybe. Though I think darts with a Z would have uh, something to protest. First, RHD, all right, right hand drive. 2016 Shelby Super Snake Mustang arrives in Australia. 2017 Nissan GTR makes West Coast debut at Z-Bash. Historic Aston Martin DB3 S2 lead Bonham's auction. New Porsche 911R spotted in parking lot near the ring. The Nürburgring. Grandpa needs no blue pill with Fiat's new 124 Spider. For those who don't get it, Spiker says no to electric sports cars, but open to SUVs. John Olson tries to take his Lamborghini, Mercy Largo, up a mountain, but he does probably get it stuck. Now, more news on that stop sale recall on the 2017 to 2000, or sorry, 2016 to 2017 Subaru Legacy and Outback. Subaru of America has announced a new safety campaign covering the Legacy and Outback, might as well just be one model, and has warned owners to not drive them until they are inspected and, if needed, repaired. The recall covers certain units of the 2016 and 2017 model year Legacy and Outback manufactured between, pay attention, February 29th and May 6th, 2016, and the issue is a possible steering wheel defect. The steering column on the affected vehicles may have been improperly machined, and as a result, Turning the wheel may have no effect on the direction of the wheels, says the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, in its recall summary. Subaru isn't aware of any reports or injuries, or sorry, isn't aware of any reports of injuries or crashes related to this defect. But the automaker did announce a stop sale on the vehicles earlier in the week, after a customer reported with an issue with an outback. Owners of the affected vehicles will be notified by the manufacturer and dealers will inspect the lot number on the steering column, replacing it, if necessary, free of charge, of course. The recall is expected to begin on May 13th, and for any 
Extra details on the topic, artists can contact Super's customer service at, pay attention, again, 1-800-782-2783. I'll say that again, but a bit slower. 1-800-782-2783. Also, you're probably wondering why I slowed down when I read the May 13th thing. That's because it's May 14th during this recording, which means I'm a little bit late. Just a tad, not, not much. Here are... 10 minutes of insane street racing action. It's a video. I didn't bother watching it. Australia's National Motor Museum will open an exhibit dedicated to car video games. BMW to debut new concept at Concorde d'Elegance. What would you like to see? Personally, I'd like to see a new BMW art car. Not sure if that'll happen, though. Leicester City striker Jamie Vardy's C63 AMG Coupe selling for 38,500 pounds. Or in other words, that's about 50 grand. New Peugeot 3008 crossover spied at the factory. Apple invests one billion in you. Sorry, in Uber's Chinese rival. Oh no! Ford received 6,506 fully completed applications for the new Ford GT supercar. Danny Kafiets, yeah, Kafiets, demotion from Red Bull racing a shock. Honestly, I'm not surprised. Volkswagen passenger car sales dropped 3.9% in April. Top gear's Chris Evans to BBC. Pay us less. It's not rocket science. I think that's the first time anyone's ever said, please pay us less. Radio 2 DJ and presenter of the revamped Top Gear show, Chris Evans, admitted that celebrities like him are paid too much for part-time jobs that people in the real world would pay to do. Jaguar Spy testing 2018 F-Type with 2-liter turbo 4 cylinder engine. I actually can't wait to see how that sounds, to be honest. Ford Focus RS chases Porsche Cayman GT4 Round Spa, Frankershorps, or Frankershamps. I don't know how to say that last name, I'm so sorry. Revamped a bar 595, priced on £15,090 in the UK. Or 17, well, we'll say 16795 or 17000 in US dollars. Nissan CEO says restoring Mitsubishi's cre credibility will be challenging. Of course it will. To be fair, they wouldn't have had to do that if they didn't damage it in the first place. 2017 Mercedes-Benz C300 Coupe goes on sale in the U.S. Mercedes has disclosed the official pricing list for the 2017 C300 Coupe in the U.S., which starts at $43,575, while the 4Matic commands $2,000 more. For any of you wondering what's so special about the 4Matic, um, pretty much nothing. Not from what I can tell. From what I've seen, every 4Matic pa package is, in essence, a AMG body kit without the engine, the handling package, nothing. That's what I've been able to observe. State troopers filmed viciously beating surrendered su suspect after high-speed chase. Police brutality is uh, such a shame. Peugeot 2008 DKR inspired CV pops up on the horizon. Nikola Motor presents electric cut truck concept with 1,200 mile range. It's funny, I was doing a rant on Twitter about two days ago about this very problem, so maybe I can foresee the future now that they're actually paying attention to what I'm saying. In which case, you should be too. <laughs> Volvo introduces new generation, safer child seats. Volvo, known for being tanks and being pathological about safety. Not a bad thing. Though, it also kind of means that... I mean, recent Volvo styling has been brilliant. Tell you, every new Volvo car from what I've seen is just so good looking. But I'm starting, I'm, I'm wondering when is that going to end. Well, actually, 
to be fair, Volvo aren't sob, and they're not, and they're not going to sacrifice styling for safety. So never mind. Also, I'm looking at this 1,200-mile truck that I just said about, and it looks so ugly. The interior's nice, or sorry, yeah, the interior's nice, but the exterior, it's sort of like if someone were to have a thin but really long head. That's what it's kind of like. It's not a good look. It's streamlined-ish. It's a snub-nosed truck, from the, if that's actually a thing, but it does not look good from the outside. The interior is nice, though. Very interesting. It also seems to be carbon fiber. I've got a love for carbon fiber, so <laughs> that doesn't really help. Also, this truck is huge. It's probably about the size of a mid-sized trailer. That won't help anything. 2017 Toyota Prius Plus adds refinement, revised CVT, and new infotainment. Still as ugly as the old one, though. Even though it's based on the old one, so... Oh, and for those who are wondering, when I say Prius Plus, what I really mean is Prius V. If Stormtroopers used cars, this Camaro ZL1 would be their ride. Even though it's completely riced out and looks nothing like a ZL1. All new Lexus LS luxury sedan, sorry, said to arrive in early 2017. Park Tesla Model S crashes on trailer. Is summon mode to blame? Possibly. Audi CEO confirms next A8 for 2017. Details new models. Ferrari's new GTC4 Lucio lands in Japan. Audi's new SQ7 is a battleship that gives you all the torque from tickover. And when I say tickover, I mean start. when, Right when it revs revs up from start when it stops, all that torque is at essentially the base of the rev line. Porsche announces testing phase for 911 RSR successor. Fuji Heavy Industries to be renamed as Subaru Corporation. I'm not sure if that's really a good thing or not. Volvo drops first teasers of V40 and XC40 concepts debut set for this month. 2017 Audi A, yeah, Audi A5 coupe teasers, sorry, teaser, shows us Audi is a bit confused about how Cameo works. And from looking at this GIF that I'm looking at, they are a bit confused. <laughs> like, on one hand, it is Cameo, but on the other hand, it's also really rather not. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this bit of the podcast, and I will see you later. We've all seen them. Those self-centered drivers who think their cars are more important than everyone else's. They take up two or more parking spaces. Now you can let them know how you really feel with sarcastic parking cars. Go to www.howireallyfeelcars.com. You'll receive 12 different cards expressing what you think about their parking. These cards come in their own carrying case. Once again, go to www.howireallyfeelcars.com and get your cards today. Oh, and I am back. Now, Toyota will pull the plug on the FJ Cruiser in August. Yep, no more FJ Cruiser in August, which is kind of a shame, but at the same time, I'm not going to miss it. Wow, the FJ Cruiser, it may be a good car. I haven't really read some reviews on it, but uh, I have heard that visibility is a bit of an issue. But I'm not, I don't think I'm really going to miss the FJ Cruiser. If I do miss the Xterra. That's something I do miss. But the FJ Cruiser, who remembers the original FJ Cruiser? Okay, That was like a Willis, a Willys Jeep from Toyota. Now the FJ Cruiser just, it kind of looks like a Hummer and an FJ Cruiser all in one. I, I'm not a big fan. Subaru Levorg, I don't know how you properly pronounce it. STI Wagon heading to production. You're probably wondering, what does that mean? Essentially what it means is a Subaru Impreza Wagon, WRX STI, is going into production, but it won't be sold in America. <laughs> Why, Subaru? 
Nissan explains how its safety shield tech works, and it looks like front collision warning to me. E-Garage submits for GT video application with this beautiful film. I haven't watched it. Skoda adds 1 liter TSI 3 cylinder engine to its Octavia range. It's kind of like a Ford Fusion, but just a bit smaller and a bit skinnier. Man drives Toyota Tundra for 1 million miles. Gets new one for free. If there's anything we've learned from that, is drive your car a million miles and you may get a new one for free. <laughs> Some say this Jeep Wrangler driver is still digging himself out. It's a video. Once again, I haven't watched it. This 1981 Porsche 924 Carrera GTR is rarer than a 911 GT1 Strabervison. It's S-T-R-A-B-E-N-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. If anyone knows how to properly pronounce that, please, please tweet to me at Cody's uh, Cody Car Conundrum on Twitter, because I have no idea how that's properly pronounced. Lotus celebrates 50th factory anniversary with Avora 400 Heathal Edition. And yes, it's blue. Volkswagen makes some noise with new Polo Beats Special Edition. Doesn't really look like a special edition to me. Nissan give their take on the future of mobility. It's a video. It's official! Nissan will buy 34% of Mitsubishi Motors. Which means we probably still won't get an Evo because that'll uh, go to battle with their 370Z. 2018 Chevrolet Camaro Z28 prototype crashes on, on camera at the Nürburgring. And it was a pretty hefty crash at that. BMW's new M4 CS Limited Edition is tempting but pricey. It isn't really as good as the edition we already have in America. First reviews of the base Alfa Romeo Julia's are here, and I haven't watched them yet. Alfa Romeo Julia QV Driven doesn't live up to the hype. Now, I have watched a review, and it seems to. PewDiePie, I don't like him, shows supercar YouTubers how it's done with a small Nissan hatchback. Yeah, I just ignore it, to be honest. Mansory teases Bentegia project, project, sorry. If you're wondering what Bentegia is, it's a Bentley SUV. I believe it's spelled just how it looks, which is B-E-N-T-A-Y-G-A. That's a, it's a pretty terrible name, <laughs> I have to say. Dieselgate, what Dieselgate? Audi posts global growth in April. Yeah, apparently Audi's not, so, not as affected as uh, VW is. Number three of missing six, Jaguar Lightweight E-Types lands in London. New Mazanti EVR, sorry, teaser, reveals more than 1,200 newton meters of torque. Now, I think 1,200 newton meters. That's about, give or take, that's, a, that's somewhere around 800 to 850 pound-feet of torque. Somewhere around that. PSA group to jointly develop electric vehicles with Dongfeng. Volkswagen Fresh's Scirocco R with Black Style Pack. Wow, it looks aftermarket. That looks pretty good. Hennessy's Venom GT Spider was down 300 horsepower during 265.6 mile per hour record run. You know what that means? That thing could easily push 270 if it hadn't lost 300 horsepower. Now you're probably wondering why it lost 300 horsepower. Simple. Fuel pump malfunction. 300 horsepower from a simple little park. Just amazing. Updated up our 595 reviews with slight bump in power. 160 horsepower to 165. That's pretty much no bump in power. Well, no, 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 it's not a bump in power. It's a slight tweak in power. Chevrolet unveils high desert pack for 2017 Silverado. Mini-7 special editions come out to play. You know when Dodge does the launch edition for the Vipers, you know, 1996, 2006, 2013, that sort of thing? They're blue with white stripes. Okay, well the Mini 7 is 
sort of that same way of celebrating the car that spawned it. You know, the, the Mini 7. So that's what that special edition is supposed to be for. 2016 Audi A4 event that's punchy with BNB's upgrades. And it looks really good too. Subaru Australia has new WRX Special Edition. New Need for Speed game announced for 2017. TG becomes GT as former Top Gear crew named Amazon Show The Grand Tour. And if you, if you couldn't tell, that means no studio format. The new California THS is so much more than the entry-level Ferrari. Opal calls new Astra bi-turbo diesel sensible yet spicy, which I doubt. New Top Gear releases extended trailer for Series 23. Yep, they're not starting over with Series 1 of new Top Gear, they're continuing. Next, Chrysler 300C to go front-wheel drive? Will it use Pacifica platform? Possibly. It's the short answer. Is BMW working on an A1 competitor? They should. Ohio dealer sells brand new 727 horsepower supercharged Mustangs for less than $40,000. That is a bargain. No, honestly. Well, on one hand, that is a bargain. But on the other hand, I have to wonder what did they do to those Mustangs to actually be able to sell them at less than 40 grand. Used by 2018 Chevrolet Traverse SUV. The GMC Acadia's roomier brother. Essentially, it's like a Durango. Is this Audi's 2018 Q4 hiding under covers of the or the next Q3? Who knows? Audi. <laughs> they know. Audi RAQ V10 Plus Selection 24H is a motorsport celebration and has a really long name. Chevy teams up with Fun Air Die for small car initiative. Oh dear. What's it like to drive a jacked up Datsun 240Z4 peaking to Paris Rally? I would assume bumpy. Bumpy ride is gotta be my guess. Williams F1's pit stop prowess can help save newborn babies. And this is why F1 is one of the most famous sports in the world. Eat that, NASCAR. No, ha <laughs> ha Ow, ow. If you're probably wondering why I'm saying ow, my sister got a new game yesterday for her Wii, and it had sword fighting in it. I played a lot of that sword fighting, and I'm now really, really sore today. And I just realized, because of, I just laughed now, just now, that laughing hurts, so I'm going to have to keep the funny jokes to myself. Toyota-supported High Five Hydrogen Fuel Station launched in London. Subaru celebrates 50 years of boxer engines. I wonder what they're going to do afterwards. Land Rover smartphone coming next year. That's right, you'll have a Land Rover smartphone that will tell you when it's tea time. Tesla lets you pay to unlock 75kWh upgrade on facelifted Model S-70D. Or sorry, Model S-70-70D. Ferrari F12 TDF reaches U.S. shores. Volkswagen closing in on fix for V6 Audi and Porsche diesels in the U.S. They wouldn't have had to do this if they had just been honest in the first place. Astro Sports Tour joins Opel's emergency vehicle family at Retmobile. That may sound like a rental company, but it looks to be more like a police thing. Volvo introduces new two-hour in-car delivery service. That's actually really rather interesting. Alfa Romeo Giulia's Diesel Rage Analyzed. Order books open in Europe. Massive airbag recall campaign makes Takeda bleed money. And cry lawsuits? I have no idea, but either way, they're going to be sent to court. Probably within the next few months, I'm sure. BMW's new special emergency and safety vehicles and bikes. I don't know what the, what the point of that was supposed to be. New limited edition DS3 Givenchy Le Makeup comes with its own... Makeup kit. Tesla's new Easter egg hides a rainbow charger. World's first Ferrari 488 with 
Akropovic exhaust system sounds off, apparently. Honda patents engines with adjustable displacement cylinders. Tesla to wrap up Model 3 design by end of June. Fifth gear ponders if a Fiat Panda can beat a Land Rover Defender at off-roading. And if you're wondering what a Fiat Panda is, essentially it's a Jeep Renegade. Except it's not based off the Renegade, but it's about that size. Lancia 037 Stradale brings the world of 1980s rallying to the road. And especially Group B rallying to the road. Tur Turkey bragged its Pelivin electric car will shame a Tesla. I don't know, I think the Tesla will be picking on the car because of its name and asking for its lunch money. Or at least it'll be inspired after an Audi R8. Which is good, and it looks good, but I wonder what Audi would have to say. Alfa Romeo Stelvio SUV is SA's Italian flavored answer to the BMW X3 and Audi Q5. We still have no idea what it looks like though. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this part of the podcast, and I will see you in the next part. Hello, and I am back. Now, I've got a question for you guys. What do you think is the fuel of the future? Electricity? Wind? Water? Solar power? Or a secret one that I've been keeping to myself? And no, it's not going to be one of those future... I'm going to change the world. No, 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 no. Well, no. It's one that people know about. I'm not sure if everyone knows about it, but a few people should know about it. Now, before I reveal what I believe to be the fuel of the future, I'm going to talk about every other fuel of the future and why I don't think it is. Okay, fuel one, solar power. Now, solar power is probably the cleanest and easiest way of making electricity because, well, if you don't live in Colorado, it pretty much is sunny all the time. And if you don't live in Seattle, it's pretty much sunny all the time. The problem, really, with solar electricity is what happens when the sun goes out. Now, I know that there are systems that store solar energy, you know, after you know, after you having sunny days and whatnot. But what happens when you run out of said solar energy, and you're not going to be able to get any solar energy for like the next few days? What happens then? Like, good example. I have a neighbor on the back side of our house. I have a neighbor who has solar panels on their house, and every now and then, when I see it, I'm like, how are you getting? any solar electricity with all this rain and clouds and just how and that's kind of the stem of my issue with solar power is it's not reliable per se if you live in california or florida or nevada or death valley then it's very reliable indeed because you'll always have sun but if you live in colorado canada the uk uh you know maybe even new york if you live in any of those places you're not really going to get a lot of sun. And especially for Colorado for this year. We've barely been getting any sun. But anyway, but that's kind of my point. Is Unless you live in a really sunny area, I wouldn't personally be able to rely on solar energy like 365 days in a year. Because for at least 225 of those, there's not going to be enough sun to power your house. The, the amount of sun required to power your house is what I'm saying. And that's why... I'm not sure about solar energy. If they can make it to where, like, flashlights or anything like that, if they can make it so that solar power can, you know, work off of, work outside of the sun, can use, you know, you can use flashlights, this and that, well, then brilliant. I mean, to be fair, flashlights probably wouldn't be able to produce enough power and or light to, to make a sufficient amount of electricity, but it's, it's a fairly good idea. Solar energy is, at best, is a good idea. And in sunny places is practical, but 
I would definitely need a sort of backup if I were going to have a house run on solar energy. I definitely need a backup. Let's talk about wind. Yes, you have windmills, and yes, there's all windy places in the world. But I don't think wind is reliable either. Because for 365 days in a year, you're essentially waiting for those 167 days where it's actually decently windy. Because of that, I don't think wind is reliable. Because Colorado gets windy from time to time, but generally it's not that windy. Now, a windy place is perfect. Set them, set them up by the thousands, done. But there are, there's not a lot of windy places in the world. And yeah, to be fair, there also are windy places in the world. But sort of windy to non-windy places in the world, that sort of ratio is in favor of it's, it's not windy all the time. And that's why I, I don't see wind power as being you know, the savior of our civil, civilization. Because it's not. Because they, Now, I'm not fully sure how much one windmill creates in terms of electricity. But I'm pretty sure it would take at least... Before I continue on, let's just say in our modern society with teenagers, tablets, phones, computers, this sort of, you know, TVs all day long, okay? We'll put it in that setting, okay? To run, okay, let's say, half a neighborhood, I would bet it takes 10 or more windmills to create sufficient enough electricity to run that sort of, that kind of neighborhood. And that, that's just not acceptable, because what that means is, it would have to be windy all the time, which means no picnics, nothing. And not everyone likes windy days. Not everyone wants it to be windy. 24 7 365 days in a year and that's why i wouldn't rely on wind i don't like wind power as a alternative simply because i don't see it as such now you could say okay well what you do is you create a smaller windmill so that it wouldn't take as much wind to create electricity but there's a downside to that because if you make it smaller then it takes more revolutions per minute to create the same amount of electricity a giant windmill would create look at it this way a giant wind We'll just say, for example, a giant windmill could spin half a revolution and create the same amount of electricity as a tiny windmill spinning 30 revolutions. You see, you see what I mean? A bigger windmill is more efficient because it doesn't take as many spins to create as much electricity. But at the same time, it takes more wind to get it moving, even with its aerodynamic wings and whatever you'd really call them. So I just, I just wouldn't rely on wind power and same goes for water you could use water as a power source in fact people do but it's the same with wind you'd need a lot of i forgot what the you know i forgot the proper name for the place but you'd need a lot of wind power generators we'll call them you'd need a lot of those on a stream or wherever to create a sufficient amount of electricity to power a neighborhood Frankly, the most ideal place to do this would be in Niagara Falls, where it's a strong current. But you can't do that, because it's a resort of, of kind. Okay? It's a national wildlife thing like the Grand Canyon. Okay? And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But as for an example, it would take something of that scale to power a neighborhood and not use 30,000 wind power or water power generators to power you know, GBR, New York, you know, anywhere that you know has a big neighborhood and that is an issue because what that means is in order to power let's say five houses you would need we'll say like four four wind water power generators on a strong stream okay that's not practical because what that means is the government would have to spend our taxpayers dollars on water power generators to power five houses so then imagine that on the scale of a neighborhood the amount of water power generators it would take is immense and not practical. And much like 
wind, water, and solar, all of those aren't practical. It just isn't. Now, there was one more I thought there was in terms of, I mean, well, I guess you could say corn oil, but to be fair, if you do that, then there won't be any french fries. And then every time there's a drought, there will be no gas. So that's not practical either. Here's what I believe is the fuel of the future. Any guesses? Any? I'll give you five more seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Nope, wrong. Hydrogen. I believe hydrogen is the fuel of the future. Now, I know it's not easy to get, and it's not practical to, pa to package in a fuel cell. I get that. But it's abundant, and it doesn't pollute anything. The only thing it pollutes is water, because hydrogen is essentially made up of water. So the only thing you pollute is water, which is brilliant, which would give us a more humid atmosphere. And because of that, it would cool down global warming. Now, if you don't believe in that, then you could just ignore that as a point. But if you do believe in that, then you understand what I'm getting at. A more humid atmosphere would cool down the Earth. And that would be because of cars polluting water. It would cool down global warming, which would help the polar bears and anything else in Arctic climate. And as I said, hydrogen's not easy to get, it's not practical to get, and it's not practical to package. But once we get past all of that, that just is the fuel of the future. Now, I also know you don't get as much out of it as what you put into it. So let's, let's say you put five gallons of hydrogen into a car. In terms of power, you may only get a gallon of that. That's not brilliant. But it's not terrible either, because what that would mean is you just put more in a car. Yes, that'll weigh it down. The trade-off is polluting water and no more global warming. The only downside in terms of, in terms of after we figured out how to package it and how to get it easily and whatever, the only downside then is we'll have more rain, which will thus mean more more flooding. Which, to be fair, is a downside, but we can always just come up with a different fuel source to pollute so that we can, you know, warm the earth up again a little bit so that we don't drown ourselves. But yeah, hydrogen is the fuel of the future. Electricity isn't, because to create a sufficient amount of electricity, what do you do? You use a generator, and what does a generator use? Gas. It doesn't work. The only way to produce sufficient amount of electricity in a non-environment hurting way that's practical will be hydrogen. Hydrogen just is the way of the future, and I don't know why everyone's messing around with batteries and this and that. Everyone's missing the point. If you can figure out how to make hydrogen easy to get and easy to package, you will be a billionaire because you will have solved a massive problem that, what's it called, environmentalists have been trying to figure out for decades, no, centuries. Hydrogen is the way of the future. It just is. And I don't know why no one's picked up on it. The only manufacturer that it's really done is, is Honda with their SCX Clarity, but that's only sold in California. We need to bring hydrogen to the masses. Because once we do that, we won't have polluting air anymore. We'll have humid air. Breathable air. And I just realized the only other downside is the dew in the morning. It'll basically look like it rained the night before. But yeah, people. Hydrogen is the way of the future. So figure it out. Just do it. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I'll see you in the next one. You've just listened to Cody's Car Conundrum. Be sure to join us every Sunday. You can subscribe to Cody's YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash C slash Viper for Life ACR. Be sure to get Cody's books on Amazon at www.amazon.com slash Cody dash Wagner slash E slash capital B zero one nine capital K capital X seven two capital Z eight. 
If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Be sure to follow Cody here so you don't miss any episodes. Bye, until next time.